Welcome to Cone and Kruger. That is Larry Kruger. I, I am Grant Cone. We were both at practice today, yesterday, last week. We've seen it all. And they may have practice tomorrow, although it's kind of a tradition to cancel the last day of minicamp, right? Isn't that the uh, – it's kind of like the last day of school. Uh, you yeah. know, you don't have to show up. If we get enough done today, you don't have to show up tomorrow. I'm kind of so. keeping my fingers crossed because it's so hot in Santa Clara these days. Although I always like covering practices, but they haven't said yet. It's possible that was the last practice for a few weeks. Um, I think the first question on everyone's mind, on my mind, is has Trey Lance showed the 49ers enough to move on from Jimmy? This was sort of like the dry rehearsal. He had all the reps to himself. He didn't get to play with Kittle or Debo, but he got to play with the starters. You saw most of it. What do you think the Niners are thinking, and what are you thinking? Uh, I'm I'm thinking they got the right guy. Now it's the the process of being a leader when you're a 20 year. What's he? 21, 22. Just turned 22. Yes, I mean, he's a very, very young guy, and Trent Williams talked about it. You were there for that. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't just force that kind of thing. And I think that's kind of what that's what the that's what the Trey uh, Steve Young thing I think is about. It's about how to best take over the leadership of the team in a way that's comfortable for his personality, natural and authentic and real, as opposed to contrived, fake, forced. You know what I mean? I think that's Can what Steve's going to help him with. Can I say something real quick? The best sure. way for Trey Lance to take over the team as a leader for the Niners to get rid of Jimmy. That's that's the <laughs> yeah. best way. That would help. That would so help. Trey's credit, I mean, he's acting like that's going to happen. Everyone's yeah. acting like that's going to happen. No one has talked to Jimmy. But I feel like if Trey had done something that alarmed the 49ers, they would cling to Jimmy as the safety blanket that they have treated him like. But I feel like from what I saw, I mean, I tallied up the numbers. that I There were practices that were in front of the media, but from what I saw, I completed like 75% of his throws. He had a three to one TD INT ratio. I mean, you saw those deep throws today. Today those was great. Jimmy throws. I think he's better right now than Jimmy was. Is. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt. To me, I think Trey is a very good NFL quarterback. The question is, can he get to elite? But very good is better than Jimmy. And I, to me, the last two days have been very impressive. Yesterday, Grant, we saw him operate in the red zone with precision. And those windows are tight, and he made some really good throws. Today, we saw him challenge down the field, and he threw a couple flat dimes. Absolutely perfect. And he was on time with most of his stuff underneath. So I I really liked what I saw today and and yesterday. I like the deep throws because both neither one was off play action. Both were just him seeing a matchup, seeing – I don't know if it was the, the first receiver, just not hesitating. Dropping back, seeing the opening, and cutting it loose, and both times they were accurate. The first one wobbled, but oh well. I There's a little there. wobble to some of the some of the balls he throws, and I think we're going to continue to see that. But um, you know, he's being himself. He's not rah rah. He's a different energy on the field than Jimmy. Jimmy is a little bit more rah rah. Jimmy's yes. a little bit more like, hey, let's go, guys. And he's a little bit. He's a, you feel the energy of Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's you know they'll miss some of that but they're not going to miss the late in the down turnover, the throw in the middle of the field, uh, the not accounting for players in the middle of the field. You know, I mean, the, I think Trey's not going to make the repetitive mistakes that we saw with Jimmy. Also, Jimmy is a rah-rah guy, but to me, he doesn't really exude confidence on the field. I mean, again, when he holds the ball for more than 2.5 seconds, he kind of panics. He doesn't do good things. To me, Trey just exudes much more confidence. Like yesterday, he was 14 of 18. And I was like, yeah, he was good, but he didn't hit his one deep throw to, to Ray Ray. 
comes back today and nails him. It's almost like, what do you think? What else I got to do? I love that. To me, this is – I think he's I think he's going to be really good. I don't know if he's going to be great. But what do you think – how do you think they should use him the first year to optimize him? In, he's essentially a rookie. I think this I think his this year has as much to do about Kyle and the coaching staff and how he's brought along as it is with him. Run the ball. You have a ton of runners. You have a ton of weapons. Yeah. Get the ball out of his hands in rhythm quickly as you know runners, shovel passes, shallow crossers in the flat, high percentage throws, manufacture his high completion percentage. Uh he's not he's going to throw some some balls that are off though. He did look really good in this camp. I thought, but get him on a pitch count. I don't want to see Jimmy. I don't want to see Trey throwing it 35, 40 times pass, pass, pass down the field, down the field. You have play ball control, play ball control, run the ball, get him on a pitch count, utilize your weapons. You got a really good football team and don't ask him to do too much. I think that's going to be a huge part of this year for them. And it's like they have experience not asking their quarterback to do too much. They've been doing exactly. that for five years. Yeah. More of the same. More Which of the same. With a little bit more dynamic. I'll tell you what was really impressed, and I was talking to Jack Hammers. we're walking off the field today, is the – I discounted the Ray Ray McLeod move as kind of eh, Ray Ray McLeod. Yeah. But you know what? Ray Ray McLeod was, was, looked great in this camp. And this yeah. guy's dynamic. And you can throw it to him underneath. He's got huge um, radius. Yeah. He accelerates through the catch point. Um, man, there's a lot to like. Ray Ray McLeod may give this – we talk about Danny Gray and the dynamic nature of him, Grant, but it might be Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod who give this receiving core that much more, you know, a dynamic feel. All I know is that Ray Ray, Ray McLeod, that's a hard name to say. Ray Ray McLeod hit the ground running and tore it up in minicamp and OTAs. Danny Gray had a great rookie minicamp, pulled his hamstring, been MIA. So one guy's a pro ready to, ready to take a job. The other guy's learning what it takes. I'm betting yeah. on Ray Ray for this year. I want to say one thing before we move on. Trey Lance really reminds me of Steve Young. Steve Young's, Steve my, Young? favorite yeah. Steve Young's my favorite athlete of all time. I grew up idolizing Steve Young. Like, I wish he was my dad. That's how much I liked him. I always wore number eight when I played. I love Steve Young. My dad let me interview Steve Young when I was seven. I mean, I got to meet him at, at, at Freddie Nine. I got to ask him, like, what well, he signed. What did you ask him? Did you second guess My question him? was, funny <laughs> enough, because I was trying to throw a football. I was about six or seven, and I was starting to learn that it's hard to throw a football. It's hard to throw a spiral. And I was asking him, like, how do you throw a can you throw? Can you throw a spiral, Steve, and how do you do it? And he was so nice. He was like, you know. My hands aren't as big as Joe Montana's hands. So actually, he throws a much better spiral than I ever do. It's hard for me. And there are some times when I'll throw an interception, but the spiral is perfect, and I'll walk off the field f- feeling like, you know what, it was a pretty good spiral, though. He really said that to me, and I almost want to ask Trey Lance if he's ever felt that way because to me he is Steve Young 2.0 just from the personality, the leadership type, and the skill set, like what he's trying to become. And Steve Young, what I don't think was a born player. I think he was a made player, and I think Trey is much of the same. It's going to take time. I just think that Steve, you know, from talking to him on the radio the last couple of years, the nuance, you know, he understands all the nuances of the game, play calling, the relationships between you as a quarterback and the play caller, your relationship with your two number two quarterback, your number three quarterback, how to handle controversies on the field, in the locker room, in the media. I just think if 
if Jerry and Steve want to coach up Trey as he develops as a football player on life in the NFL, they couldn't pick better guys. Well, the, th- the funny thing about it is Steve wants to do it. Steve is doing it. Steve is invested, and he doesn't have to be. He he just, I guess. He cares. He cares. He sees himself in Trey. He cares about the 49ers. Joe has already said the Niners should have taken Mac Jones. He's already said <laughs> people right. don't believe. Joe is still bitter that they traded him to Kansas City is my theory. And I don't think he'll ever be there for Trey Lance the way Steve is. I love how Steve finds time in his day to call up Trey, who's 22, and has nothing to do with his life and be like, hey, man, how's it going? We're going to make this happen. I love that. <laughs> He's invested. Steve's still emotionally invested in the 49ers week to week. I think Joe's invested in the Niners, but in a totally different way. I'm not week to week and not with this regime or this, you know, he's more, he's invested in the, in the Niners and his thoughts and memories and relationships. But Steve's like, we got to get this sixth ring, you know? And there's Absolutely. very few guys that are that like fired up about it. They're like more about, Hey, it's their time and their thing. Steve wants to help. Trey Lance was born after Steve Young retired. How about that? That's crazy. Never, never saw him. He never saw him play. Never saw Steve Young play. That's crazy. It's like, ugh. it's like if like uh, Y.A. Tittle wanted to coach me or something. It's like, I guess he was good. I don't know. Anyway, Ron Holder says, Larry, how can you say he's a very good NFL quarterback when he's only played two games and seen him in practice in the words of great Allen Iverson talk about practice? Well, Larry's a scout. Scouting experience. I'm just giving you my opinion. Yeah, you're you're right. We'll though. That, that person is right. Yeah, I'm we'll telling see. you what I'm seeing right now. But you're right. It still has to happen on the field before you can actually deem it official. I hear you. Okay. I'm it giving you my right. opinion though. But that that's I do think he's a very good quarterback. I think, and I think it will come I out do. this year. I do. I, I don't know if he's a great quarterback. I don't know if he'll ever be a top eight to you know five eight quarterback. But I think he's a very good quarterback right now. He's, he just tore up minicamp in a way I've never seen a quarterback on the Niners do it. Like, Kaepernick was never that good in practice. Jimmy's not a practice quarterback. Uh, Alex Smith was not particularly fun to watch in practice. I mean, may, I'm sure Jeff Garcia was a lot of fun. That was before my time. So, to me, every day I get to go watch Trey Lance is a lot of fun. That's the way I look at it. I don't know how you feel. I, I think any, and I think he's in a good he's in a good spot. He knows the offense. It's year two. I think he likes Kyle and the coaching staff. He gets a brand new quarterback coach who has no preconceived notions, who steps right in, and then he's got a, a friend in the room that he knows in Sudfeld. And I think Purdy's going to be good for him. We'll get to Purdy at some point, but Purdy is out there, very veteran like, doing a lot of things like a guy who's played a lot of good football. And I think that is that right there, that little bit of competition day to day on accuracy and film study and all the different uh, elements of playing that position. I think there's a, another young guy in the room who is not going to threaten Trey, but he's going to make Trey better because he'll be there learning it with him. All right, let's get away from the quarterbacks for a minute. Uh, let's talk about the receiving weapons. I mean, you could argue the Niners have maybe the best collection of receiving weapons in the league. I mean, they're up there, but every single one of their guys has an issue. Yeah. Debo, um, I mean, you, you all ahead. of them. All of them. I mean, Debo, is Debo happy with his usage? Is Debo uh, going to be happy with the contract that he gets? Or is he going to be also, one foot in, one foot out? You got you to you you question his maturity to an extent. And I think him showing up to minicamp is a is a – is him addressing that 
him addressing, I think there's a question, how's he going to act when he gets money, when he gets a lot of money? Because he was very erratic this offseason. So I would have to say happiness, but also maturity. That's a question. Ayuk is interesting because I didn't have a lot of questions about Ayuk coming into last year, but then last year provided a whole level of questions because what happened in the first half of the year and whatever it was is going to happen again. Is he going to fulfill this incredible potential that he has? He's got long arms. He's got he's got great frame. I really think I've seen him put in the offseason reps with Trey, so I know he's a hard worker. Now it's just a matter of can he make that next step and fulfill that potential and become a true number one receiver? I, I think he's got potential there, but can he fulfill that potential? I think it's a question. Yeah, absolutely. Then you got George Kittle, who uh, hasn't, really fulfilled the promise that he showed in his first contract. I mean, I think the Niners were sort of expecting more the last couple of years. I mean, he's very good when healthy, but that's not all the time. So there's a health concern with a court with a tight end who's very physical and is turning 29 this year. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I mean, I love Kittle and I think Kittle is the heartbeat of the team, but he at the, you know, everybody at their core is one or the other. He's not a run around you. He's a run through you guy. And that's a concern. Can he stay on the field? You know, I, you know, the old saying, you can't make the club in the tub. Can he stay on the field? It's my only question. This is one of the best all around tight ends I've ever seen receiver blocker. He's the emotional leader. He'll make the big third and six catch. I think in some ways he's the best 49er tight end I've ever seen better than Brent Jones, better than Vernon Davis. But we, he's got to play. He's got to get out there. So that's his big question. Can he stay on the field? Yeah. And then you got Ray Ray McLeod, who's really tearing it up in practice, but there's no tackling in practice. And his issue has been fumbles in his career. Right. And that's uh, big because did he did he fumble six times last year? He fumbled six times last year. I mean, imagine what will happen this year if he fumbles six times again. Oh, it won't be good. He'll be he'll he'll be he'll, you know Niner fans you know uh, internationally will uh, will be you know the, the Ray Ray McLeod will be the international s- symbol of fumbling. I mean it's just he, he can't fumble six times in you know uh, I don't think I don't think Shanahan would give him an opportunity to fumble six times. Right, and then you got Jawan Jennings who's had durability issues, and you have Danny Gray who's hurt right now. So, in your opinion, which of those issues is the biggest issue facing the Niners this year? Um, well, that's a great question. I would say it's probably Kittle's ability to stay healthy because Kittle is the guy who he, you know, he's, he's, as I said, I mean, he's, he's, he's an awesome player. He wants to run through you. I love that about the guy, but you know, sometimes your greatest strengths can be a weakness. You know, when I look at that depth chart, I don't see number two and number three and number four. that are anything close to George Kittle. So that means there's a dramatic step down if he's not on the field. So I hope he recognizes that. Hope they recognize that and just try to, you know, preserve him a little bit this year. He's also the oldest of their receivers. And it's not that he's old, but I mean, almost 29. At a certain point, he's so reliant on speed. We saw it happen with Vernon Davis. they, They go from being elite to almost not a non-impact player overnight. I don't know if it's going to happen with him, but I'm nervous. Also, I think the runner up has got to be Debo just because he's so important. I mean, he's the team. And if he can't replicate what he did last year, if he's, you know, not in the same shape, not in the same frame of mind, if there's anything different about his approach, the Niners suffer big time because they need the, the Debo they had last year. 
They need him to do that again as many times in a row as possible like Jerry Rice used to do. If that was a one-time off thing, it, he can't replicate it for whatever reason. That's a big problem for the 49 especially yeah. if they give him a, an extension this offseason. I, I, you know, I'm not sure what to think of Debo because, I mean, you know, I really thought he was a guy who was going to have soft tissue injury injuries his whole career. And then last year, whatever he did last year in the offseason to get ready worked. And so whatever he did last year, do that I hope he does it this year. Yeah. Because to me, he if he's ready to roll, I, I feel really good about their chances. I mean, he's a, he's a borderline outside MVP type guy. He's he's a, he's dynamic, and and he and they used him a ton. I think his usage, how he's utilized, is going to be a big part of it this year. And um, you know, our Niner fans going to be calling for run Debo, run Debo, and he's going to be saying, "Hey guys, don't run me." You know, um, I think that's a concern. I think it's pretty clear that it's a concern. He wants to be he wants to be used as a wide receiver. So can they develop a dynamic enough rushing attack without him so they can use him that way? Yeah, and can they sign into a contract so that he and Debo and Trey Lance can get on the field and play together? Kind of important. Yeah. You know. Suki Pazuki says, why was there so much <laughs> hype around Tim or Tay? There was never. Was there hype around Tim or Tay? Maybe at his house. I don't know. I'm not, not that I remember. He was prolific at Louisiana Tech. I'll say that. He put up he put up big numbers and a heavy passing offense, yeah. if I remember. Um, but and they pushed out Jeff Garcia to anoint him, which was just brilliant. And he had a couple, he had a couple good uh, halves of Damn. preseason games. I mean, that's all, <laughs> that's really all we're talking about. Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. I don't know who hyped you up. Spider Niner says, Do you believe you need a top 10 quarterback to win a Super Bowl? I mean, you don't have Nick Foles. I mean, there are exceptions, to, but it helps. It helps. I would think so. I would say, you know what? Generally, it, I would say the answer to that is yes. Yeah. We can talk about the exceptions, but generally the answer is yes. And maybe more like top five might not be top 10. Yeah. And I, the exceptions generally had quarterbacks who elevated their play and played like top 10 quarterbacks in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl. Like Nick Foles was great that year in the, in the playoffs. Joe Flacco was great that year in the playoffs. Yeah. Trent Dilfer wasn't, but um, usually, usually you need a guy who's a top 10 quarterback or playing like it. Just look at the Rams. They were knocking on the door with Jared Goff, who's not a top 10 quarterback. Got Matthew Stafford, is a top 10 quarterback. Boom. Yeah. Champions. So you got it. That's it. That's well said. You either got to be a top 10 guy or you just got to be hot. You got to really hit that because Flacco really wasn't, but that year he was. You know, at that point he was. Didn't he beat Brady in the playoffs that year? Yeah. I think he did. All right. Let's let's, uh, talk defense. Part of the reason the Niners defense works, this wide nine kind of gimmick defense that not everyone else uses, but the Niners use and use it well is because they had DJ Jones. They had a nose tackle who would not move when double teamed all game long because you get double teamed all game long. And so was the, thir- the three technique, both of them. So the- DJ Jones is gone. It's down to Hassan Ridgeway, Kevin Givens, and Javon Kinlaw. Do you think the Niners can stop the A-gap runs this year? Only if Kinlaw is the guy doing it, because I think Kinlaw is the guy there. I mean, he, you know, uh, DJ had had unbelievable weight room strength, but then that weight room strength transitioned to the field and it was functional strength. And he was enormously strong at the point of attack, which made what's that? He's like a tree trunk. 
Yeah, and, and, it, and, it, and it made his quickness as a pass rusher like, wow, that was like gravy. It was like, wow, look at this guy. He's amazing. He's this awesome run defender. And, oh, Andy can go get the pass for a little bit. Honestly, so, real quick, if Javon yeah. Kinlaw could do what DJ Jones did, you'd be like, that's a good first-round pick. Yes, yes. Yeah. And <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll go yeah. further than that. I think it, yeah. they're now on a championship trajectory if, if Javon Kinlaw can be DJ against the run. And the key for Javon is just play low – you know, good leverage and stay on the field because yeah. he's kind of proven that he's the he's the he's big and strong, and you have to combo block him to get yep. him out of there. Yep. Um, but it's just about leverage and health. If he can play with leverage and play with and stay healthy, um, I think he can fulfill his potential and and be that anchor in the a gaps that DJ was. That's a, he, but he's the no. guy who's got to do it. He's very other guys I don't have as much confidence in. Maybe Ridge. I mean, I don't think Givens can do it. Givens is a nice pass rusher, but I don't think – I mean, you can move him with a double team. He's not He's not big for a defensive tackle. Ridgeway, yeah, I suppose. I don't know. I haven't seen him in action. I haven't seen him in a wide nine. Kinlaw, I've seen do it. I know he can do it, but he has to. He has to be there all the time. He has to be consistent because if you're giving – if you're giving, getting gashed in the A-gap – you can't stop anything. There's no reason for the for the other team to do anything but run the ball right up the middle. It's the easy. It's the quickest, most direct route to the end zone. You're going to yeah. get that all day. And it's demoralizing. Yes. It's demoralizing. Yes. Yeah. And it's like it's like basically the other team shouting over the PA system. You're soft. We're gutting this team. You're We're soft. gutting this team down the middle. Yeah. yeah. It's you're it, it's, soft. it's demoralizing. Yeah. And also it works against the Niners' strength. Their strength is they've got fast linebackers with four or five speed who can beat you to the edges. But if you can start gashing them down there, you know, uh, in the A gaps because you don't have a defensive front, then suddenly does it matter? that they're all four or five guys if they're just getting bulldozed down the middle. So DJ was huge and strong and Kinlaw is, they need him because he's the key figure in that front. I wonder if the Niners had known two years ago, how good, how good uh, DJ Jones was and how Eric Arms said ultimately would be moving to defensive tackle. If they still would have drafted Kinlaw. Because they basically like, we have to take a defensive tack. We have to replace Buckner. Well, in retrospect, you had DJ Jones and Eric Armstead. Maybe you could have taken Tristan. You know, you could have gone in any direction there. I wonder if they have thought have thought about that in retrospect. Yeah, I, you know, that's a great question. And also, also, did they, you know, what did, what did they envision with Kinlaw? Because Kinlaw only has one and a half sacks in 18 games. So maybe they were envisioning more of a pass rusher than he's demonstrated to this point. Maybe that knee hasn't gotten right yet. Maybe he, he there's more pass rush there, um, you know. But again, if that's, that's not the on case. him. That's on the Niners. Like, why did you think that was there? He didn't really put that on film. He didn't really put that on his stat sheet. I mean, he showed you what he was—a very good player. But you thought he was going to be DeForest Buckner? I mean, he didn't have that kind of pass rush production in college. So or moves. I mean, Buckner had a club, know. had a cl- good club move and a good swim yeah. move. Yeah. Most of my criticism of Kinlaw really has been directed towards Lynch and Kyle for making him Buckner's replacement. That wasn't fair. I mean, well, you know, and and wow. it's really more about it's about health. I, yeah. I don't I don't really have a, a problem with anything I've seen from Kinlaw on the field, though he's you know he tires out sometimes and sometimes he loses leverage. But I mean that's that's a number of guys. 
Um, DJ Jones was unique because DJ Jones was six one, built very low to the ground. Uh, so he he didn't he, he had an advantage leverage wise, I think, on most guys. But it's I don't have a problem with what I've seen from Javon. We just need to. He's now going to be instead of hey, you're playing in an incredible deep rotation and let's see you emerge. Now it's like we have to have you emerge as the number one run defender in the middle of this defense. You are the anchor point for everything else. That's true. And he doesn't necessarily need to become a great pass rusher for him to have a, to be a, a positive on this defense. But no. he actually could become a really good pass rusher with Chris Kasarik guiding him if he, again, could just practice consistently. Because we saw Samson Ebicom. He was essentially a 3-4 outside linebacker, edge setter on the Rams, came to the Niners, and by the end of the season was a pass rushing defensive end. I mean, he'd really improved and learned all kind of new techniques could happen for Kinlaw too. He just needs to practice consistently, and his knee needs to let him do it. It's not like he's—it's not like he's not trying to practice. He wants to. It's just he's got this knee that was red flagged at the combine. That the Niners knew about. I don't know. He will benefit the most if the 49ers can come up with another D Ford, whether it be Drake Jackson oh, yeah. or you know Ebukam. If some, or you know, if somebody else opposite Bosa can come flying off the edge and that quarterback has to climb the pocket, step into the lap of Kinlaw. I think his sacks, he could triple his sacks this year. Jeffrey Wilson asks, what roles do you see Ambry and Lenore playing in 2022? Um, Left and right bench. I don't know. What do you think? Well, um, I think Ambry is going to be one of their top corners. And I think Lenore is going to be in the nickel or dime, probably off the bench. I mean, Lenore's there. Lenore, they're like seven or eight deep right now in the corner, and he unfortunately is in that seven or eight spot. Where Ambry, I think, is is closer to the top of that list. He's an improving, ascending player. I'm not sure what happened with Lenore last year. I am eager. He's one of the guys I'm really eager to see in camp in year two and how much improvement there's been. I was starting to come around on Ambry and thinking that he had – really improved until he got burned for the touchdown today by Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod. I don't know. I mean, I think Ambry is a, I mean, he's a promising young player, probably number three on the depth chart outside. So if Traverius Ward or Emmanuel Mosley misses any time, he would step in and Mosley tends to miss time. Traverius Ward is hurt right now. So Ambry's probably going to get a lot of playing time. I don't know about Lenore. I don't know. He's not big. He's not fast. He gives a big plays. I'm curious to see what happens. I'm not surprised that he fell out of favor. I I was behind Kamoko Ture. I didn't see the <laughs> who's very tall, by the way. I didn't necessarily see the uh, coverage. I th- I thought just from what I was seeing before, Mister Ture obstructed my view. That uh, I thought Ambry was was stride for stride with him. Was he not? Yeah, yeah until he got beat. No, yeah, I mean yeah. I, he, I thought it was just a flat dime. It was dropped in the. It was like a Russell was, Wilson drop in the nice. bread basket. True. It was a very nice throw. It, it was a very. It was away from the safety. It was beautiful. Yeah, I guess I'm just I, I would love to have seen that though, because I think I think the coverage might have been you know decent there. There actually was a play also where he was covering Ayuk on I want to say an out route. No, it wasn't Ayuk. I didn't play today. He was covering someone. And he just he really locked him down. It might have been Ray Ray. Anyway, it was just the one bad play. Lenore gets beat a couple of times every practice. Yeah, they're in different different leagues. Ryan Hensley, what's up, man? Says you should get Kinlaw to sign that hat, and you guys can auction it off for charity. I would love if me and him could laugh about this one day like that. That'd be funny. Um, okay. What's your first impression of Drake Jackson in person? 
Um, it's it, to me what I heard D'Amico and Bosa say about him doesn't match what I'm seeing on the field. To me, he right. seems a little high cut, so yeah. he's got kind of longer legs, kind of a shorter torso, mm-hmm. and he looks explosive. But he also looks like he. I'm not what, what I'm not sure what he's weighing out there. I I, I think he looks. He doesn't look like a super lean. No. electric edge rusher to me he no. seems like a bigger bodied guy who can who could almost be like a arden key i mean he looked, I, I would i would say he looks like about 270 and then and, and to me to i thought he's better at 250 so Thank i don't know he's I, me, to he waited at, at 254 at the combine why did he put on 19 pounds in a couple of months i don't know it doesn't make any sense i was expecting to see another like d4 type and that's not what i'm seeing at all he looks like like he has 19 pounds of water weight or something on him that doesn't need to be there. It's, it's strange. Now, again, he could be great down the line, but right now it looks like he needs to completely remake his body. Yeah. I mean, that, that's my takeaway too. I mean, I, I now listening to Bosa, who is a, such a student of that position yeah. and he talked today and he talked about his freakish uh, gymnastics background, ability to bend and and I, I'll take his word for it. I'll take his Me word too. for it. And D'Amico, um, you know, was like, this kid's special. And, you know, he can get the passer. And, you know, we really like what we see. So, you know what? I mean, um, that's why I don't put too much credence in minicamp because, you know, 20 pounds is a lot. And if you show – there's a big difference between him showing up at, like, let's say, 260 – in camp as opposed to 273 or 277 in mini camp and he could get there you know so i'll wait till the summer but you got three weeks three months before week one absolutely he seems bigger and not as explosive as i was thinking it doesn't he doesn't look like this electric first step um d ford you know he beats you out of your stance and before you even look up he's he and also i'll tell you the other thing that i noticed is that at the, with the out added weight, he when he does get neutralized, he's a speed rusher with added weight. So I don't see a lot of I don't see a lot of counters. I don't see a lot of secondary moves. I see a guy who's a speed rusher who needs to lean out. Right now he does, as Bosa said, he's got the natural bend, which is rare. He's got right. the length. Like he has two things Bosa doesn't have. He's got longer arms and he has the natural bend. Bosa was like in awe of both things. Uh, that's great. And again, that's probably going to make him a very, very, very good pass rusher one day. But his body's not what I expected. I, I remember what Bosa looked like as a rookie. I remember what Alden Smith looked like as a rookie. Like, this is not – you could tell that why he dropped to the end of round two is what I'm saying. I could totally tell why he dropped to the end of round two. I thought he was going to look like Leonard Floyd. Yeah, me too. You know? I thought he was going to look like, like, like Ray. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Lean yes. and, like, uh, incredibly fast – but like when he's neutralized, you can, you know, if he doesn't get there with his first move, I knew he didn't have an array of moves. It wasn't like that surprised me, but the body kind of surprised me. So who knows? I mean, we're talking, Grant, about a guy who played one year at 245 and another year at close to 275. Right. So I think finding exactly his optimal, you know, playing weight is, is part of the challenge with, you know, kind of transitioning yeah. him to the NFL. Yeah, figured and, it, and you I, gotta figure that out. I'd love to know. Did the Niners tell him he needed to be 273 immediately, or is that something that he decided? I mean, here's he what played, I thought. he played well as a he played well his first year, and he played at a, at 273. True. Um, but 
I think in the for the NFL game, his game is speed, and he's everything's going to be predicated on his ability to at will get the edge. And if he can't at will get the edge, I think everything else kind of breaks down. So to me, I think the lighter the lighter number is what I'd like to see. Me too. I mean, you're replacing D four. You're a wide nine defensive end. You're outside the tight end. You don't. You're not going to be going up one on one against offensive tackles and guards that much. I just want to know he weighed in at two fifty four at the combine, and then at his pro day, like a month or two later, he was two seventy three. Why? Did 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 some scout say we your stock will go up if you're at two seventy three? I mean. It's not real weight. What, what what is? It's not functional. I don't get it. But I think that's a concern. That's a concern. I mean, any. I mean, you know, who knows? It could be nothing, and it could just be like, hey, I don't get real serious until June, or it could be uh, something that derails his whole career. So I mean, it's like, as you know, it's hard to say in May at mini camps, especially when we don't have a track record with the player of exactly what category he falls into here, but. Um, he's got to say to me, he should be, he should be at least 15 pounds lighter and then really capitalize on that quickness off the edge. To me, I I'm thinking a lot of teams were disappointed, probably disappointed that he weighed in at 254 at the combine. And I think he probably heard, well, your stock will go up. If you at your pro day, you can put up some good agility numbers at 270. And that's probably what he went for. And he did it. But I mean, to, that that's just to improve your stock now to be the best football player you can be you don't need to be 273 on a wide nine defense it doesn't make any you're, you're bigger than bosa he's seven pounds bigger than bosa who has like four percent body fat drake jackson doesn't have four percent body fat he does not need to be bigger than bosa he should be low, leaner than bosa he's lighter than bosa anyway drake has got he, did, he 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 looked a little he looked a little um you're gonna say when did like, I don't want to say winded, but he just looked a little uncomfortable out there too. Like he was, I didn't see him really make a lot of plays, but you know what? The way these guys talked about him with such reverence and with such respect, I'm just going to table my, all my observations on Drake Jackson until the pads come on. Uh, Yeah. What do you think of Trevarius Ward? Do you think he could be the number one cornerback that the Niners need? Well, that's 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 what they need. I mean, and they've needed this for years. I mean, they've needed a number one cornerback for a long time. I mean, um, what, maybe Carlos Rogers. I mean, I'm not sure who would you say the last guy that you could say, yeah, that Dion. guy's a true. Dion, you want to go further back? Um, Carlos Rogers was was good, but I mean, he had a he real really good had year. Him. He had a real good year in their Super Bowl year. Played behind the um, best front seven ever, or not? Ever, yeah, yeah, and yeah. two hammer safeties just lurking at all times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, we didn't see, I didn't see Ward. Um, did he play at all in these two days? No, he didn't. No, but he was there. Is, they're, they're like transparent about the injuries for everyone else, but they asked about Ward. They're like, oh, we're just being smart. What the hell does that mean? It means he's hurt, right? And today he was doing the little sprints with other people that were hurt. So who knows what he tweaked or whatever. And they're saying it's not a big deal, but yeah, I mean, he's hurt. You know, and, and once again, like guy like that, you know he's going to be. You know he's making your football team. So you know, and you got a lot of you got a lot of bodies back there. So you, why not figure, take inventory on what you got? I'm okay with it. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, out there just flashing that dominance and kind of yeah. reminding everybody that it's a new era and they have a true number one corner with size and speed who can play bump and run, who can play man, you know, who, you know, who can match up against the Cooper cups of the world. I think that would give this football team confidence, but demonstrating that in may 
not vital, you know, as long as I can see, as long as we can see it in July. I want to see it in July and August because, look, I've seen a lot of players who get that big second contract, especially guys who might have been undrafted, like Traverius Ward. Yes, you've had some great – maybe you, Traverius Ward has had one great year in the NFL, maybe two. You just got paid. Now there's a whole different expectation. Can you be that consistent pro who has the consistent level of performance every time you step on a field, whether it's a real game or a practice? And so far he hasn't shown that yet. So I'm not saying he can't be that guy, but I'd like to see him do it in training camp. And if yeah. he doesn't do it in training camp, it doesn't mean he won't. But like a soft tissue injury, first thing after you get a big contract, like, okay, let, let's let's just hope that was a fluke. Let's see you be that that pro that you're supposed that the Niners are banking on you being. Because the Chiefs didn't want to bring – I mean, the Chiefs weren't offering you that second – maybe they didn't really seem that eager to bring him back on a second contract. They wanted Eric Reed's little brother. They thought that's the pro that they're going to invest in. So, Traverius, prove him wrong. Prove the Niners right. I didn't get to see that. I'd like to see it. He looked yeah. great when he was healthy. No one no one beat, beat him when he was healthy that one time. He, there And there and the, the thing that stood out to me on the corner is just how many more guys they have. I mean, last year they literally were like four or five deep, and they were leaning on rookies. This year they're, they're, they're deeper. I mean, you got Verrett back. You got you got just got a number of guys there. You invested in Charvarius. Uh, you got Mosley, you know, healthy. You've got Ambry and Lenore, a year, you know, a year more experienced. So I, I they definitely have more. They like Denard. Um, so yeah, I think they're deeper on the corner. To me, it's an interesting secondary because it's a deep group of corners, and I think two really good safeties. But the depth at safety is not there. So that's going to be interesting. Hold on. Before we go to safety, we're going to go to safety next. I just want to say that losing Josh Norman is addition by subtraction. So that's a big <laughs> you're not talking. Though you started, lose a bunch he, of fumble. You lose all your turnovers, though. That's true. But he had he to did give force up a, a ton of turnovers. He had to give up like five catches for it. But yeah, you know. He was sort of begging if I give up like five or six catches every game, I might be able to knock one out. And it worked for a while. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's it. Hey, you know what? That's what happens when you get into the regular season and you run out of corners. And that to me is why it's really a positive that we're here in minicamp a month before training camp. And they may go eight or nine deep on the corner and really only five guys make the team. So they've got the depth there that I think you almost have to have to be a championship contender. That's a good sign. The Niners are so focused on their front seven, which is great. But if you are thin at corner and you go up against a team that's deep at wide receiver, they instantly get your fourth, fifth, sixth best corner on the field, and they just abuse him. And then there's nothing you can do. I seem to remember that the Brian – what was his name? Brian Allen? Yeah, Brian Allen, former Florida State guy against Miami. Against Brian Allen. I mean, they called him up from the practice squad that day. That's that's how – They signed him on Wednesday and played him on Sunday, and it showed – they picked on him. They went at him. There's an old saying that what's the key to pass coverage? Pass coverage. In <laughs> other words, there is no key to pass coverage. You better get the guys. You know, you better. I mean, you could have Bill Belichick or Bud Carson or George Seifert. You could have anybody you want in the history of football scheming it up back there. If you run out of guys, you're cooked. Right, especially a corner who can't defend the, the go ball. If you have a corner who's just giving up go balls left and right like Brian Allen, there's no coverage you can call. What are you going to do? Yeah. No coverage works. It's the get him off the field coverage. Sorry. 
Joe Summerall says, how does Hafunga's speed look with extra muscle? What do you think? Well, I, I think Hafunga is on an incredible tra- trajectory. I, when they drafted him, I thought, man, they drafted this guy. He was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year, but look at the measurables and look at the 40 time and look at this and look at that. And then I just forgot, what am I, what am I talking about? If you can play, if you can play DB in the PAC 12 with all the advantages, the good weather, the soft officiating, the good quarterbacks, the pro style receivers, the pro offenses, there's so many things that favor the offense in the PAC 12, that if you can have success playing corner or safety in the PAC 12, that bodes well for your chances in the NFL. This guy wasn't just good. He was the best. So I, I feel like I, I shame on me and anybody who doubted this guy because it's about the film. It's not about this was not the underwear Olympics. It's not a, a superstars competition. It's about can you play football? And that guy can play football and he loves it. And so every time I watch him, every time they reconvene, he's like better and better and better. And everybody loves him more. I mean, he's he he needed to get gain a step. But now through an NFL offseason, he's gained that step, probably a step and a half. I can't wait to see a Fonga. I think I think a Fonga and Ward are going to be the best players on their defense. Jimmy Ward, that is. On their in their secondary. Well, I, I mean, Bose is obviously their best player. Period. But I think the the safety combo that we we're, we're so worried about may okay. wind up being one of the strengths of their defense. Not the guys necessarily behind their starters, but Jimmy Ward. And Hafanga with Ward playing the deep middle and Hafanga hovering around the line of scrimmage and making plays against the run and pass, you know, near the line of scrimmage. I think it'd be a great, great tandem. Well, I mean, I'm very eager to see Hafanga uh, clearly in the preseason against another team, but also in the one on ones because Ward is the best at covering tight ends. It'll be nice to sort of compare Hafanga to the best, see how close he is. Be interesting. I don't expect him to be as good as Jimmy Ward, but. No, no one really covering tight end. Brandon Turner says he'll give me $250 for the hat if I sign it. Okay, I'll do that. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. All right, but I'm auctioning this hat off. It's the, the Brandon Turner just put down $250. Let me know if you can beat it. I love that. Thank you, Brandon. That's dope. Uh, <laughs> there's one more, and then we'll move on, get back to the show. Refugio Gomez says, who plays Nickelback, and do you think that there's a possibility that Jason Brett plays cornerback to this year? Well, he's just been in street clothes so far at practice, but it's, I mean, I think he'll probably be suiting up at training camp. There's a possibility. Who do you think will be the nickelback? Mm. You know, if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said Emmanuel Mosley. But now after watching them on the field, I don't think it's going to be Mosley. I think Mosley may play outside. How many reps has Mosley taken, taken the slot? Tell him, Larry. None. Zero. Nothing. Not a he's man, not-, not a snap. And he doesn't have a lot of history there, from what I recall. So he's outside. Ambry probably looks more comfortable outside. Um, You're going to play Charvarius outside. I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a great question. Maybe Samuel Womack? Samuel Womack has the look, for sure. That's my guess. I think they're starting to – they're not making a big deal of it. He's not playing on the first team yet. But he's definitely getting reps in the slot. And I think he hasn't made plays yet, but he hasn't gotten burned. And Denar got burned yesterday. Uh, Lenore gets burned every day. Sorry. Uh, Dante Johnson is always in the mix. He's yeah. deep. He's there. I wouldn't count him out. I think it's going to come down to Dante Johnson and Womack. That's my best Dante guess. Dante Johnson's like an insurance policy. You know, he could play anywhere in a pinch. 
sleeper, dark horse in this competition. You've liked him. You mentioned him before. I haven't saw him on the field. Quantrez Knight. Yeah. And the, he is really interesting because he kind of bounces around the practice field with some you know, with some purpose. And I rem- I've watched a lot of UCLA la- the last couple of years, and every time I looked up, this guy was making plays. He makes plays against the run. He's a very sure tackler. He's a very mature player. He's a very competitive player. So, I, I you know, he obviously lacked 40 time. That's why he went undrafted. Um, but it's also about it's also a position about instincts and functional speed. And uh, so we're not really going to know until they put the pads on and, you know, he gets out there this summer. But, yes, I agree with you. That is the guy to watch. Womack and Knight are the young DBs that really kind of caught my eye in this minicamp. Yeah. Uh, the young Montana says, Grant, that same company also makes a Santa Clara for – no. <laughs> I love that. I want that. You should cop. That would piss the player. I would probably piss off. <laughs> Jed the most. I would. These hats are great. I don't know if you've ever seen them. They have a little. Uh, Is it mesh? It, it's like it's like a trucker hat, but it has a little like um, secret compartment here that you can you can put your a camera in. And they have, <laughs> basically have like one for every town in 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 California. Samson Ebicom was wearing one today for, with San Juan Capistrano on it. Seriously, I think we yeah. bought. I think we bought my kid one. And it says Walnut Creek on it. Nice. You can wrap anything <laughs> in California. Seriously, with I love these hats. Santa Clara 49ers. Wow, that is that is totally up my alley. All right, we talked about the Niners' safeties. You're really high on both of them. Uh, do yeah. you think they can stay healthy? Mm. Jimmy Ward always makes you wonder. because he, And it's not because Jimmy Ward is soft. Okay, no. it's that Jimmy Ward plays yes. e- every game yeah. like it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. He also he, plays like he's 225 pounds. Right. He's and so did Kwan, by the way. Yeah. I mean, yep. these guys, these guys, they can play co- coverage like yep. a top corner. Yeah. But if they, if you said, "What's your favorite thing to do?" They want to detonate on your ass. You know. Yes. They want to blow you up. So I think Jimmy Ward is is you know, I'll say this: he's he's everything that I thought he was going to be, and then some. Um, and I'm I guess I'd be a little more concerned about him just because. Some guys go out there and they just want to hit and hit and hit, and sometimes you out hit your body. Ron, heck, Ronnie Lott out hit his body from time to time. So um, I, 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 I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned because I don't think the depth is there. That's the one thing they don't have a safety behind those guys that I that I that I you know that is a sure thing. There's a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of question marks behind those guys. They really don't have a, a free safety that that can do any of the things that Jimmy Ward can do, and that's true. I mean. He's better than Hafunga, but Hafunga's young. Jimmy Ward, he is 30 and will turn 31, wow, in a month. So he'll be 31 in July. Like, he tends to miss a couple games every year. He's actually had a very good string of luck with uh, injuries the last few years. Is this the year it ends? Because if they only get eight games of Jimmy Ward, they're in trouble. They need 16 games, 17 games of Jimmy Ward. I'm curious. I mean, at what point does your 31-year-old DB break down? He didn't last year. Maybe he won't this year. That's the question. If there's one, um, if there's one position that I would not be surprised if they added somebody between now and camp. I guess it would be free safety. I mean, you got you got Taylor Hawkins who put Sandy played the corner at San Diego State. You got Tarvarius Moore who just takes horrendous angles, but he's got tremendous size and speed. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, if, if Jimmy Ward goes down, they're like three levels worse than, you know, they don't have anybody that that in that number two spot. So I'm not I'm not really. Leon O'Neill had a pick today at practice. He did. And he's guaranteed he to make the team, he said. All right. Maybe it'll be Leon or no. Maybe, maybe the yeah. Niners can call Jaquaski Tart, although I don't see that happening. No. Why, why is he persona non grata? What, what happened? Was it just the pick? It was the pick. Right? It was the drop pick. I just think that they, you know, they're 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 moving on. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I will say this: I bet I guarantee you, if like we went into we broke into the pro personnel department and they we saw their board, I guarantee you he's he's really close to the top of that board. So like if they lose, I would a, hope so. Lose a safety, I bet you yeah. they would call him. I, I bet you they. I wouldn't. If you said make you know bet everything you own on uh, he's coming back or he'll never be back. I probably would say he's coming back. Is he going to be like the Josh Norman of this year? Like they call him up week two and they're like, look, we really need, can we work something out? I think he's too good for that. I think, I think somebody else will pick him up here in the next week or two. That's what I expected. I, I think he should be on someone's team when training camp starts. Oh, I, I think I'm he not, will be. I think he will. Ryan Hensley, thanks again, says Cooper Cup and the Rams reached an agreement today on a three-year extension that ties him to LA for the next five years at $110 million. What is your instant reaction? 40 times mean nothing. Guy ran 4-6-2. Yeah. And next time somebody says, hey, this guy runs, just say, hey, Cooper Cup, 110 million, Jack. He runs 4-6-2. Also, I haven't looked at the particulars of the contract, but five years, 110 million, that seems like a bargain. Right? No. I mean, he's not making thirty it's million. All, I mean, you know, it's NFL money. That's funny money. That that might as right. well say fifty-five years and seven hundred trillion. Tell me the guaranteed money, right? That's True. that's all that really matters. That's a good point. Maybe it's fully guaranteed. Um, but he did say that he didn't care about resetting the market, and he didn't. Um, and then you got Debo, who said he wanted to be the top-paid non-quarterback, or didn't say it, or I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I wonder if Debo will accept more or less than that kind of put some pressure up in Debo. You want to be a team player? What's that, 22 a year? I mean, it's not so bad. That is? It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah, they're not I mean, happy to pay Debo five years 110. That's totally reasonable. Would, would Debo say yes to that the way Cooper Cup just did? Cooper's older. I, I wonder how much of that's guaranteed. My guess is I bet you 70 million is guaranteed. That's a lot. And I and that's the number we need to know because the Niners are happy they're to give away the funny money, right? But once this talks, once you talk guarantees, they're like, whoa, whoa, slow down. <laughs> we're not they're not going to 70 million guaranteed if we if you know if we had a contest get the closest to the guaranteed money number i would go with 52 if it was prices right yeah prices higher, lower <laughs> yeah. higher lower lower it's like card right. sharks remember that card sh- yes. the old game show yeah. card sharks all right let's talk about the, the topic everyone wants to talk about the backup quarterbacks we've seen a lot of Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy. How would you assess each one and who do you like better? Um, I like Purdy better. Um, I, I think Sudfeld I think Sudfeld is got good stature and he throws a catchable ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a likable guy. And yeah. I think he's, you know, a good friend of Trey's. At this point, I think they got a nice rapport, and I think he's probably a you know a guy that's very likable across the board. But I don't see any good. I don't see any traits there that are. I don't see incredible escapability. I don't see big time arm. 
I don't yeah. see a guy who can just throw the deep out like on a frozen rope. Yeah. I see just a, eh, all right, he's all right. Where with Purdy, I see a guy who's very accurate and who carries himself on the practice field like a five or six year veteran. And his feet are very quiet and he seems in total control. And the ball comes out on time mm-hmm. uh, with a little bit more on it than you would think. So I, I would def to me, that was one of the things I wrote in my notes today is that Brock Purdy is going to be their number two quarterback. Now, it, it not going into camp, but coming out of camp, going into the season, Brock Purdy is going to be the number two quarterback. I'm pretty confident of that. I think the preseason will determine that, of course, but um, I think it's going to come out in the preseason. I think we're all going to see it. Yeah, I mean, n- nothing against Brock Purdy. I- I'm starting to warm up to him, but um, the the Sudfeld line is a low. Is the Sudfeld bar is a low bar? Again, I'm. So- I don't mean to to pile on to Nate Sudfeld. I just don't understand what the Niners see here. Sudfeld was on a practice was on their practice squad last year, and no other team poached him. The whole the rest of the league was like, all you. So I mean, he wouldn't be in the NFL right now if it wasn't for the 49ers. He'd be a coach somewhere, or something. But the Niners think he's got. I don't see it. To me, he does everything too slow. He's big, but his footwork's too slow. His release is too slow. When he tries to escape, he does it too slow. I mean, he's a disaster waiting to happen. You saw the interception he threw today. I mean, he rolled right. There was no one in front of him. He just he almost he almost walked the ball over to Oren Purdy. I, I I just don't get it. Purdy, on the other hand, has very quick has very quick feet. He has better anticipation than you would expect, more zip than you would expect. He actually seems like he is transitioning to the pace of the NFL game much better than Sudfeld has in Sudfeld's 27. I don't Purdy know. reminds me a little bit of um, Mark Bolger. Remember Mark Bolger played with the Rams um, before Warner, maybe after Warner, somewhere right, right there. Um, but Mark Bolger, you know, kind of a little shorter. He's not, he doesn't have a lot of stature. I would say Purdy's probably six, six feet and change six, one. But it's to me, it's about uh, the confidence and the command of the football. And um, as far you know, he made a nice play today where he tucked it and ran. He saw the lane and he took off. And I think he's kind of reminding everybody he that did. he knows how to he knows how to play the position. Yeah. And I think that he's played a lot of football. So I I I kind of I think he's you know he's he's not what you want because he doesn't have the NFL stature. But in some ways. I think he's perfectly what you want as a relief pitcher because I think he's pretty poised for a young guy. Yeah, and it's it's funny, Kyle, compared to Nick Mullins, he's not Nick Mullins. He's runs better than Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins couldn't move. This guy, like, he had that long run today, and then also comparing him to Sudfeld, who can't move, um, both had a bootleg. Sudfeld was uncontested, threw the ball right to the linebacker. Purdy, he turns and has Charles who right in his face. No, unblocked. Outruns him to the perimeter and hits the throw on the sideline for 15 yes. yards. I mean, that's pretty nice for yes. a third string quarterback, considering the backup can't do it. And not only did he hit the throw, if you if we had this film to show, he put the ball where it needs to be put if you're going to keep it away from the DB and complete the pass. Yep. He didn't just complete the pass, he completed the pass in the one area that that takes care of the football, gives your guy and not the other guy the only chance to grab it. Uh, it was very catchable. It was on the move. It was a tight spiral. It wasn't too fast for the receiver to handle. 
was a very impressive. It was a very impressive play. Now, was it lucky? Who knows? I got to see more of it this summer. But in one play, it, it looked like, wow, wow. I mean, he also he plays with a pace that's really yep. shows that he's played. Yep. He looks under control. He seems like his footwork is always he doesn't get caught on the wrong foot or he just seems like he's played a lot of football and he was in total command. Nothing. He didn't seem rushed. He's a young quarterback. A lot of these guys step into this situation. Yeah. And they were like, it's helter skelter and their eyes are Sudfeld. wild and he's rushed. This guy looked Sudfeld. pretty calm, pretty calm. He looks good. His best throw of the day too, I thought was to Austin Mack on the left sideline. It was a deep out 12 yard out. Yeah. And but he's just, just right no, there. No hesitation. Let it rip before the receiver turned to find the ball. He wasn't even particularly open. I mean, I mean, he, he was open, but Womack was right there. No hesitation, perfect placement. Any wide, any wide receiver w- would have caught that ball. It, it, it was really nice. I was like, oh, okay. All right. He was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. If he was Sudfeld size, he would have been a second-round pick. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, Sudfeld, so. he's got these long arms and long legs, and he just seems gangly. Gangly is the word. It just Everything happens too slow. Purdy's real small, but very every, everything's very compact and doesn't happen too slow. So. There's a lot of Sudfelds around the NFL. Uh, Sean uh, Kid Mannion, who played at Oregon State, you know these guys, um, you know guys who have some good stature and they have the NFL. They look like an NFL quarterback. You know they're six four, six six, yeah. two fifteen to two thirty in that range. Like six seven. Yeah, this I guy's a big. This guy's a little taller than that. He's like Nick Foles. He's not. He's not. He's, he's he's definitely the one thing you notice about Nate Sudfeld is the height. But then yeah. you're expecting a little bit more zip on his passes, and uh, he throws a spot nice spiral, but there's not a ton of zip. No, no. And he was a he's a holdover from Scangarello. Scangarello brought him here. Scangarello's gone. I wonder what Brian Greasy is going to think, and if he's like, can we just go Brock? Uh, I like Bro- I like Brock. I mean, say it, Brian. I know you're thinking it. It's okay. <laughs> Jesus Velez says, what do you think about Aaron Donald's contract restructuring? How do you think it will affect what Bosa contract looks like? Well, well he, more. yeah, I mean, what, what were the number? What were the final numbers of guaranteed on Donald's deal? I didn't see the, the guarantee. Uh, I didn't see it either, but um, we'll see. No, I love I, what I, Trent I Williams know. was like, I wish he retired. That made me laugh. <laughs> Why'd you ban Sunil? Was he too real? Yes, he is too real, but I didn't ban Sunil. He's my boy. Has Jack put his chest on you yet? Jack Hammer? I wish he would. <laughs> I wish he would. Uh, 49ers daddy says, Trey Lance seems like he has it all and is that guy. Even though you gave Trey a B grade, I feel with this team and how deep it is, we could win the Super Bowl. All I want to say is today was an A-plus practice. Well, not an A, he threw a pick. Today was an A practice, and I liked how aggressive he was, and I felt like he was directly responding to my lukewarmness. I was like, man – it's been all off season. You haven't hit one deep pass. And he's like, all right, let me hit two. Let me hit two in your face. I liked it. I mean, the sideline, the offensive players erupted. So, I mean, it's like, you know, if you know, they, they love seeing it. And it was the second one was to Jordan Matthews, which was, I was shocked. I was like, is that Jordan Matthews? I had to double check the tight end yeah, got d- deep down the middle and Trey dropped it in his dropped it. Another one, another Russell Wilson. Perfect. Right in the bread basket Absolutely. on the run. Now the one to Jordan Matthews was an in-breaking post route that Jimmy might, might attempt probably wouldn't hit. It was kind of like the, um, 
Emmanuel Sanders won. The the Ray the I can't say his name. The Ray Ray McLeod one was up the sideline, and that is a pass that you just didn't see Jimmy even look to throw. And I think a lot of people on the team were like, "Wow, that's that's a new feature in our offense." That's yeah, yeah, that's dynamic. That was my takeaway today. Is that because I know Danny Gray is a dynamic player, but man, if you put Ray Ray McLeod out there and he starts. I mean, he looked terrific. I mean, I would say he was the guy that stood out on the offense in these in these practices. He just so he's so fast at the catch point. He'll run through the ball. He makes a, a, a an array of different catches. He'll go down for it. He'll go up for it. Yeah, he's dynamic, man. He really is. I was going to ask you the player who surprised you the most in person. To me, it's Ray Ray. Is it you? Is it Ray Ray for you? Uh definitely today it was. Um, I would say I thought Ray he Ray. was a gadget guy. I know. To me, he, he's a he's a legit receiver. He is. He's a legit yeah. receiver. And if he plays in camp the way he looks in this mini camp, the 49ers are gonna be a more dynamic offense overall. Yep. Uh, and I like how Trey Lance gives these deep threats a chance. He did it with Ray Ray today. He's gonna do it with Danny Gray during the season if he's healthy. Uh anyone else that's that surprised you in person? Two guys, Trey, Trey Sermon's speed. On a couple runs. I mean, he looks good. He really does look good. He looks to me, he looks faster and he just he's just moving faster in a crowd. Everything he's doing is just a half step faster. And for a running back, a half step is it's the difference between getting stuffed in the hole and making a big run. So I, I think Trey Sermon looks like he's on the come. And then they've got this linebacker they signed out of Indiana named Marcelino McCrary Ball. And he looked terrific. I mean, he's yeah. and not only that, he looks like the kind of guy he's like a veteran out there. He's like getting guys lined up. He's barking things out to guys. He's taking control. He he had one play. There was a pass in the flat and he just came sprinting up. Now, they're not they're not blowing each other up, but he basically came firing up as to, and had this look on his face like, you know, that's right. If this were the preseason and you were on the other team. You were going to be destroyed right there. So he's playing fast and talking and looking physical, and he's two six feet, about two hundred fifteen pounds. They keep finding these fast, instinctive linebackers. Uh, I'm really eager to see what Marcelino, um, you know, McCrary Ball looks like with the pads on. I'm also really eager to see what Drake Jackson looks like in training camp with the pads on because I was so surprised. I mean, he he looked good. He had a sack today. He had the pressure that led to Trey Lance's uh, pick. He was going against Justin School, though. It's going to get harder, and I, I'm just surprised that he – like, I was expecting a an outside linebacker defensive end tweener, which is perfect. That's exactly what D Ford is. That's what you want. That's what Toure is. He looks like a D-tackle DN tweener. He yeah. looks like Solomon Thomas. Or It's like, what? And yeah. I don't think he's going to look like that long term. But to come into campus, that, that's a that's not the first impression I was expecting. No, I was expecting, I, and I totally agree with that. Body fat, just looking shredded up, yeah. twitched up. That's not what he is right now. No, I, and and I thought that's exactly my takeaway as well. He looked like a D tackle DN tweener. Yep. Um, and I, that's probably not what they want. A bit. No. We'll, we'll have to see what it looks like in July because you can't overreact in in uh, in you know early June. Uh, but yeah, that that one was that was a surprise. I got a I got a suggestion: lose five ten pounds, but also trade numbers with Ridgeway. Ridgeway's got ninety eight. Give him ninety five. Ninety five just doesn't look good for an edge rusher. I don't know. Is everybody Michael Carter? Michael Carter. Okay. I think of Michael Carter. I guess it can be done. 
Hey, well, there's no excuse, Drake. Make 95 look good. <laughs> uh, ref- how do you how do you pronounce? Is it Refugio? 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 I'm gonna say Refugio. Mr. Gomez says, which running backs will make the final roster, and do you think the running offense will be better this year? I do think it's gonna be better this year because of Trey. But yeah, I think this is gonna be intense, man. This is gonna be an intense competition. Why? Because you could see Jermichael Hasty's on the bottom of the list, and Jermichael Hasty is is practices harder than anybody. I mean, this guy really, he'll run the extra 15 yards at the end of the play. And then you got Sermon looking faster. You know, Mitchell's coming back. You got TDP. I mean, you got guys here. Uh, the kid Mason out of Georgia Tech uh, is a, is an NFL back in my mind. I mean, they got guys. They get, Jeff Wilson, it looks, you know, another year removed from the injury. He looks quick. He had a nice couple of long runs today. So, I, I, I mean, they're going to. First of all, you can never have enough good running backs. It's like pitching in baseball, uh, and so I'm never worried about too much depth at running back. But there, that competition is going to be intense. Yeah, I think Jordan Mason they'll be able to stash on their on their uh, practice squad like they did with Jeff Wilson Jr. for a while. But Jeff Wilson Jr. is too good to cut. Uh, and then what are they going to do with Michael Hasty? They like him. What are they going to do with? TDP. I mean, is T- who's the best back? I mean, Greg Cosell uh, says that he loves uh, Ty Davis Price. I was happy to see that because I think Greg's got a pretty good eye for it. Um, so you know, you got Ty Davis Price, who's two twenty, and and you got Sermon maybe better this year, and you got Mitchell. I mean, you just they got a lot of guys. They got a lot of guys, and they get a lot of guys who are you know truly number one backs. So you know, there's gonna be some unhappy guys there. I wonder if they keep an extra running back because. The two, I think they will. the two positions that they get burned at the most just not having bodies is cornerback and running back. It happens every year that they all of a sudden they're starting some guy off another team's practice squad for a week. Jaquez Patrick, remember him? Like that yeah. can't happen anymore. Oh, so I know. I, maybe you got to find a way to keep a couple one extra running backs in the practice squad or something. So you're not picking off running backs and cornerbacks off other teams practice squad that Saturday. And if their receivers are all healthy, the odds – I mean, I like Tay Martin. I didn't see him out there today. But the odds of any of the undrafted guys, even Danny Gray, of getting a lot of run on a team that has Debo and Ayuk and, and Jawan Jeffer, Jawan uh, Jing, uh, Jennings, uh, and Ray Jennings and then Ray Ray. So, like, those guys are going to get all the, all the carry, all the uh, attention, all the reps. So maybe you go one short at wide receiver and you keep one extra running back. Maybe you do, especially if you know that you're probably going to be the team that leads the league in rushing attempts this year. You're going to, you're gonna, and probably is 32nd in passing. You were 31st in passing attempts last year. You're probably going to be 32nd this year. I mean, that's what you said, right? Limit run the ball. Attempts. Yeah. Run, run the, the ball. Run the freaking ball. All right. I got to go get mentally prepared for this Warrior game. Are you going to be doing a post game? Are you going to be doing a post game? Yes, doing a little post game tonight on the Warriors. So uh, people check out the Krug Show on on YouTube, and we'll talk a little. Uh, the great Cyrus Satsis will join me from Locked On Warriors, and we'll nice. we'll break down Warriors Celtics. I, I like the Warriors tonight, Grant. What, what do you think? I'm going Warriors to win tonight and lose Game Four. It's going to be two two going going into Game Five. I think maybe I feel the opposite that. But Boston I think, they think it's going to be 2-2 going into game five, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Scott Foster's coaching as uh, refing tonight. Refing, yeah. Celtics, and, and and Celtics are – Celtics fans want Draymond Green tossed. 
I don't think Draymond Green's Draymond Green is is too small. That was the question I wanted to ask Kyle yesterday is who is their Draymond Green? Who is the guy? Draymond's the guy that gets everybody ready to go. And he's the guy like the emotional leader that kind of sets the tone, the tone setting type player. Who is the Niners tone center? Debo. 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 No question about it. Debo is their Draymond and their Stephen Curry. No, maybe, <laughs> maybe, I guess Trey could be their Stephen Curry. I guess they need him to be. But to me, it's Debo. I think it might be. I think it might be Jimmy Ward, the oh, way he I steps like up and starches people. I like that because Draymond's a little under the, under the radar, right? He doesn't have the big stats, right? He doesn't fill the stat sheet, but you have to appreciate it. Debo fills up the stat sheet. Jimmy Ward doesn't. That's a right. good answer. That's the right answer. Jimmy I Ward. It. I love it because Jimmy Ward talks a lot. He talks a lot of shit now, which is nice. Which is kind of. Maybe he's How about D'Amico talking about all pros? He's like, he, as soon as Jimmy's name came up today, he starts talking about all pro players. And he's like, well, some guys are all pro and some guys uh, aren't all pro, but they should be. And it's like, you know, yeah, the, the Niners coaches have loved Jimmy Ward yeah. for years. And well, I think I the fan really base the is starting light. to come around. I didn't see the light until recently, but look, any corner that has his stats and coverage gets – Big time recognition. This guy shuts down every tight end he faces, and no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. They should yeah. probably care. What does he have to do? Like, just have a couple of fluke interceptions land in his in his chest? Does that make you an All Pro? Because he had a couple of those last year, and they still didn't care. You know what? You know what my barometer is. If you if it was the Super Bowl and you had mass injuries and you had to have just some guy randomly play the corner. You'd pick him. And sure. if he was the Super Bowl and you lost all your linebackers and you had to have just some random guy play linebacker, it would be him. You know what I mean? So because yeah. he's both your best corner and like, you know, and I mean, you're, you know, a guy that you would lean on both as a corner and as a hitter. It's you like, can say that you know, on your guy. Too. You need a gunner. Yeah. He yeah. could do anything. Yeah, great. He, he, yeah, seriously. You might even be able to guy. put him at the. Uh, on offense, in a pinch, if you <laughs> if you had to, you'd, yeah. I'll say this: you would trust him. You would like if you yeah. had to hand it to him in a key situation, you wouldn't be like, "Oh, he's gonna fumble." No. You're like, "Yeah, he might get it." Yeah, hands. I don't know. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with Fujio, got it. I got it. Thank you very much. Uh, all right, watch the game. Watch Larry later. I have no idea if I'm going to Santa Clara tomorrow. I'll find out. We'll see. I don't know, man. I'm pretty, pretty red. I don't know if my forehead could take another day down in Santa Clara. Yeah, I need I one know. of those big hats. My, what I do is I, I'm so pale. I try to basically get my tan for the year in a few days down in Santa Clara. So, we'll see. I got – this is going to have to last me for six weeks. <laughs> get that get that farmer tan going. It's, it's a good look. Thanks for watching, <laughs> yeah. everyone. See you later.